they do. Flicks Anonymous. I don't know. It's just awesome. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man, 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 man. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day. Plan B is, is just to keep on giving her. Like, you, you work hard. That's what's that, is that a plan? Yeah, that's a plan right there. The guy opens his door and gets shot. You think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. I know what you're thinking. I kind of lost track myself. Being this is a 44 Magnum, 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and you blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Flicks Anonymous on the Cannabis Life Network, the League of Manchildren.com, and the Daily Hive. I'm Steve Stebbing. I'm Trevor Duick. And uh, this is episode 42, uh, which is delayed a week um, because uh, I had some medical issues. You were out and about. Yeah. Uh, You're I was done. Out. I was out. Yeah, uh, maybe not. Full, yeah. full disclosure, I have four impacted wisdom teeth uh, that uh, I'm currently muscling through right now. Uh, so uh, on a lot of drugs. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. No, thank, I bet. Thank you, thank you to uh, the, to lovely cannabis and everything. I, I'm feeling uh, good enough to uh, do the show. Yeah. Um, but I feel bummed out because we missed a couple things uh, last week because uh, because of me being out. Uh, you got to see Don't Breathe. I didn't get to see it. Yes. It, it's a good. It's a must. Yeah, right? kick ass. Go check out Don't Breathe. I yeah. wrote a review for Daily Hive. It's up there somewhere. But uh, yeah, man, Don't Breathe is intense. Uh, as it gets, it's kind of like Green Room. It reminded me of Green Room that way. I love what you said about the film. You're like, I enjoyed most of the film, but my from the fetal position. From the fetal, well, you know me with scary movies, yeah. right? And so, yeah, I was pretty much clutching my legs the entire that guy, time. That'd be really funny to see. Yeah, that, well, I do this and I do this. I grab myself, uh, I touch myself. Well, I get scared. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm gonna get uncomfortable. It's a movie that makes you uncomfortable. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. No, well, I, I'm definitely gonna be checking it out myself. Uh, also, the documentary Gleason uh, must see is probably going to be an Academy Award nominated uh, documentary. If it's not, then there's something wrong with the Academy yet again. Um, and uh, the Stellan Skarsgård Norwegian film In Order of Disappearance is a really cool Cohen-esque uh, dark uh, thriller with a little bit of comedy to it. That uh, Check your local listings for those last two for sure. But Don't Breathe wide release, so you'll find that everywhere. Yeah. So uh, just kind of get la what we were going to talk about last week out of the way. Uh, we got a handful, of, uh, we got about six movies this week to talk about. And then we have our really good friend Casey White to come talk to uh, some TV with us. But uh, So let's head into the new releases right now. Let's do it. The first one is, is, this is a weeper of a film. It, it's tragic, it's also got some romance to it. It's Derek C. of France's new film called The Light Between Oceans. Here's a look. Oh. So you just want everything to be good, you know? Fuck. Especially this. Read it, my dad, with love forever and ever. <laughs> Present I ever had. Mm-hmm. 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 
Oh, see, uh, when I pick a lot of these clips for the show, uh, sometimes we haven't seen the movie yet, so I'm just kind of like grabbing a clip that I think would work. This that clip is so crushing. Now. Oh, it is so absolutely crushing. Um, basically, the film is about uh, uh, Michael Fassbender, who is a World War One vet who moves to the, a coastal town to run the lighthouse for them, is yeah. living on a remote island. Um, he meets Alicia Vikander. They mm -hmm. have uh, like a, a very quick romance and are, are very quick, uh, very quick romance, <laughs> and are, are quickly married after. Very quick, and then they yeah. go to live on this island. And after a couple of miscarriages, mm. um, they see uh, a dinghy that wash is washing up on shore with a a, a man's dead body in it and uh, a, a child, a baby still alive. Yeah. So they decide to raise this baby as their own. And not tell anybody. And not tell anybody. Um, but it turns out the baby's mother lives in the same town that they live in. Uh, this movie... It's, it's really crazy because when, uh, when the embargo came up on this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, it was zero for five and mm. had zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, there were some people who didn't like it. At all. And yeah. I mean, even now it's sitting at 54 percent and a 59 on Metascore. I don't know why there was so much hatred for this movie. I don't know. You'd think that we would go see this movie and we'd be like, you know, crapping Ooh. all over it. Uh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're, I mean, we, I don't mind a good romance movie or a good drama. If, if it's, it's well done, done. If it's done yeah. well, if it gets you right in the feels. This movie really got me in the feels, man. Yeah. It was actually a very heavy movie. Yeah. It's a very slow burn. Um, takes a while to get started. Absolutely, really. but once you're into it, uh, you know, about 25, half an hour in, it gets its teeth into you. And if, especially if you have kids. Yes. If you watch this yeah. movie and you, you have kids of your own or you have a, you know, a niece or a nephew or whatever, if, if you've got a relationship with a kid, this movie will absolutely tear you apart. And, mm -hmm. and there's so many different directions that this movie kind of teases that it, it could go. And it always kind of flips things a little bit, yeah. and, and it continues the story. And all of a sudden, there's a new wrinkle yeah. put in. Um, it's just beautifully done, and Alicia Vikander is just uh, she's fantastic in this yeah, movie. She is. I, I think people are going to be really talking about her between now and and, and Oscar. I would Oscar season. I wouldn't doubt that she gets no, at least a nomination or or like nomination. in the running for a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that she's a very she puts on very strong performances in, in a lot of the work she does. But this one is is really good. And I yeah. thought Fastbender. You liked Fastbender a lot. Yeah, I do. Nice, I do. You? I feel like the Fastbender is saying a lot without actually saying it. And I, mm -hmm. I, I think uh, I think it, there's a commanding uh, there's a c commanding uh, portion to his his performance that I really liked. Uh, like Trevor said, the movie looks absolutely gorgeous. Oh, it's a gorgeous film. Uh, yeah. Beautiful lighting, beautiful cinematography. Um, Cienfrance, the director, Derek Cienfrance, is also responsible. Uh, his first movie was called Blue Valentine, a movie that was also which, uh, which kind of divided people in uh, where where they what characters they believed in, what characters they followed. And I do believe that Light Between Oceans also does that thing where you want to either side with Michael Fassbender or you want to maybe side with Alicia Vikander in, in the decisions that they make and everything. So it is a very divisive movie, not as relationship ending as, as Blue Valentine could be at times. But Yeah, well, because uh, the, what they do a really good job in this film is, is giving you two different perspectives, two mm -hmm. different stories. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I really appreciated. And... Um, it's like you said, it's going to be one of those films where you're kind of divided on as far as, you know, whose side, what would, what would you do if you were in that situation? Yeah. Um, you got to put yourself in those shoes as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, beautifully shot movie. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious why it's so divided amongst critics. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm this movie a... will do well on VOD or yeah. Netflix. I mean, if you get a chance to go see this in the movie theater, 
Um, for some reason, I think immediately think of my wife and, and my mother-in-law would absolutely love this movie. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're a guy and you need to take a woman out for a nice date movie, don't, don't worry. This movie is not going to bore you. It's no. just you got to give it a chance. It's a very it's slow burn. Movie, it is. Sure. It's yeah. a very slow story. There's a um, lot of letter writing and reading. If you don't think there's going to be tears at the end, you're yeah. probably going to have tears. Yeah. See, yeah, I, the device, the device, the of thing, I don't really get it. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm at a three and a half for this one. That's kind yeah, of, yeah. I, I'm, I'm between a three and a half and a four. I, th I think I'm going to stick with, to about three and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some little issues, but mm -hmm. it's well worth the time. And if you get a chance, to, if if you don't watch it until you get like it's on VOD or Netflix, and take the time and watch it at home. It's, yeah. it's just a gorgeous film. Definitely. All right, so moving on, uh, Fox decided to only give one screening of this next movie, and it was right smack during the time that Don't Breathe was being screened for us. Mm -hmm. um, but we didn't get to see it, but I, I think this one looks really interesting. Uh, this is a new sci-fi thriller called Morgan. Take a look. Miss Weathers. Pleasure. Yes, absolutely. Why don't you get me up to speed? Yes, uh, please. The creation of synthetic DNA was the relatively simple half of the equation. We knew right away that Morgan was very special. Within a month, walking and talking, it exceeded our wildest expectations. She was exactly what we intended, a hybrid biological organism. I'd like to discuss the incident, if that's okay. What would you like to know? I'm still unclear on the cause. Hmm. There had been some debate on Morgan's time outside. When the excursions with Amy were postponed, she may well have overreacted. Oh. Very unfortunate. Jesus. But despite these obvious setbacks, this project is heading in the right direction. You think so? You just think? minor setbacks. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a yeah, little bit there. You know. Um, this movie kind of intrigues me. Uh, basically, it's about a, a lab-created uh, human being that uh, gets out of control, escapes, and starts killing everybody, yeah. essentially. But uh, the, the subject, Morgan, is played by um, Anna Ta uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who turned in a phenomenal performance in The Witch mm. uh, earlier this year, uh, one that probably has been largely forgotten about now. She's so incredible yeah. in that movie. So it's, that's good. what gives me hope for Morgan. Um, it's it's very just like Light Between Oceans. This movie is very this uh, it's very middle of the road right now when it comes to reviews. Rotten Tomatoes forty four percent, Metascore is fifty two. But I think this looks better than that one with Adrian Brody and Sarah Pauly, uh, Splice. Yes, from years ago. This yeah, looks like straight. the better oh version. God. Looks like the better version of it. Um, yeah. So if you like those kind of sci fi thrills, you you probably might be in the mood to go see Morgan. Kate Mara. Yeah, and Kate Mara's in it. I mean, the uh, less talented Mara sister, but... Uh, oh, I, I don't I know. I still like her. I still oh, like her, but Rooney, Rooney's been nominated for so many awards at this point that, yeah. I mean, the, the nominations pile up and the hey, awards pile Kate's, up. Kate's working. She's Kate's, doing lots she's, of work, Kate's man. working. She was in House of Cards, was in House of Cards. Spoilers. Oh, was. Uh, was. But, really? Um, so, yeah, those are the only wide releases. Now we're into our limited releases. You're going to want to check your local listings because uh, you're going to go off the beaten path to find these ones in those those little smaller theaters that we love so much. Yes. Uh, the first one uh, was actually filmed right here in Vancouver. It stars Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey and, of course, Breaking Bad's Aaron Paul oh. and the beautiful Sarah Gad in this film is called The Ninth Life of Louis Drax. Take a check a clip right here. Yeah, I wanted to see this one. Yeah, this they only did the one morning screening. That's it. Yes. 
and it was the day that I it was the day after I went I'm to Dr. Pascal. I'm a specialist in pediatric coma. I'll be looking after Louis once he's finished his treatment with Dr. Yannick. You know, I uh, I must congratulate you. Congratulate? No, we're not supposed to use the word miracle in the medical profession, but this might call for an exception. Well, you don't know my son. That's very true. However, I look forward to changing that. Hmm. Interesting. Gaden's so attractive. She is just so attractive. So to are look you, at Steve. It. Thank you so much. So are you, buddy. Thank you. Oh, wait, wait. Well, are we You're doing a show right now? You're attractive you. as well. You. you. Come here. Just come here. Yeah. Come here a little bit. You watching us right now? Come here. Let's hug. Let's hug it out. All right. Um, so The Ninth Life of Lewis Drax. This, actually, this comes from director Alexander Aya, who uh, I, I really like a lot of his films. He did High Tension. Yeah. He, um, he also did Piranha 3D, which I fucking love that movie. Piranha 3D is one of the great so, horror remakes. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, and then he also Thank did. You. He also did Horns. He did The Hills of Eyes. There, another uh, fantastic, film. another one, right? And a remake as well, yeah. right? Um, a, a guy that I generally really like, but uh, some of my fellow friends did not like this film very much. Um, oh, okay. They said it's a little, a little lacking. Uh, basically, the film is about a young boy who, after a new, near fatal. Uh, fatal Fall, mm-hmm. they found out that he can like almost access other worlds type thing. Like, okay. It, it goes into like a fantasy angle like, and stuff. Right. That, um, I don't know if it's Ghost World like because not having seen like the, another the dimension. film. Yeah, something like that. So he's able to access uh, things that uh, us regular human beings are not able to access. Just like me. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no reviews out for this one yet. They're I'm probably holding this one to release day. So maybe you want to check out uh, your favorite review site to uh, to find out what this movie's looking at on Friday. Um, it's an Aya film, so I'm saying I, I still want to check this one out. Uh, I'm Seems still interested. interesting. Yeah, it's also written by Max Minghella, who's an actor uh, that appeared in Social Network, Art School Confidential, a lot of different films. Uh, so this one looks interesting to me. I would still check this one out. All right. So let's move on to, uh, do you like Natalie Portman? Miss Natalie Portman? I I. I like Natalie. It's hard to dislike Natalie Portman. Well, now she's doing the full uh, Ben Affleck, or or even even older uh, Orson Welles, because she's makes her directorial debut in a film that she also wrote and oh. stars in. This film's called A Tale of Love and Darkness. Take a look. She hasn't picked the best roles mm-hmm. in the last little while. No, no. Well, and this entire movie's in Hebrew. It's in Hebrew. It's all in Hebrew. And she knew, she already knew Hebrew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's Jewish. Yeah. I think she was actually born in... in she was not... I don't think she was, she was born she's overseas, not, she's, right? She's born over, I think she was born in Israel, honestly. Okay. Who knows? Hopefully we're right about that. <laughs> yeah. Someone tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, well, okay, there's not much we can get from that clip. Yeah, well, essentially, it's, a, it, it's, it's before the, uh, the Jewish state was kind of, like, established. And, yeah. Um, and it's about a, a Jewish mother and her, her son. She's, she's raising her son in, in a pretty uh, uncertain world. Um, and basically, she tells him life stories within, within these little tales she tells uh, a that are very like beautiful looking like the film does look really nice and everything um and and it is very much an art film and i i felt like this is where my 
this is where my disconnect happened. And not to say that I was disappointed in the film, it just wasn't for me. Um, I could tell that this was a indulgent film mm -hmm. for, for Natalie Portman because uh, it's obviously a story that she's very close to and that she connects with. Um, but at the same time, it was her wanting to explore that creative filmmaking side that she's seen since she's a, she was a little kid, being on the set of Luc Besson's uh, the Leon the Professional and everything. So, yeah. I mean, she has a storied career. She's worked with so many different directors and everything. Absolutely. So, uh, very yeah, artistic. Very artistic. Uh, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of the cuts were like fade cuts, fade to black and then fade in on a difference. And I, it just really brought me out of the film. So I really wasn't fully on board with this one. Uh, I'm going to give this one a two out of five. I just wasn't. Okay. As gorgeous as it looks, it just, and the, the art direction and the production design is really great for the period that they're trying to go for. Right. Just didn't have it for me. Yeah, I can't say I'm interested in that one whatsoever. 64% yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 55 on Metascore, just if you wanted those numbers as well. Uh, so let's move to uh, another foreign film. Uh, this is a French film this oh, time. A, a French uh, military <laughs> mystery. This film's called Neither Heaven Nor Earth. Take a look. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, basically, this is a about a, Fren a, a platoon of French soldiers that are uh, that are in uh, a remote area of Afghanistan, and in, after a disagreement with uh, 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 some villagers, uh, the men start to disappear one by one, and uh, oh. so it's kind of got that ghostly mystery to it. Uh, the film stars a, a pretty famous French actor named Jeremy Renier, who. Um, it's kind of funny. He looks like Jeremy Renner, mixed <laughs> with a bit of Charlie Hunnam, and divided, and, and then again mixed with uh, retired soccer player Jay Demerit. Like just kind of a mix of like all these different people. Just like a little touch but of this. But Jeremy Renner is in there, and his name is Jeremy Renier, which I think is very funny. It's just like the French version. The French version the of French him. version of Jeremy Renner. See, yeah. There's always two of you. There's always different versions of you. Anyway. Yeah. There's another Steve. 
There's a Steve Stebbiano. There's a Stefan Stebbiano. Stebbiano out there, out there somewhere. somewhere yeah. We should meet one day, buddy, and hug it out and confuse people. Um, and base, it's, I don't know, it, it's, it's very understated, and I think that's why I had a hard time hooking into this film, it, mm -hmm. is it just, everything was just so, like, like such, just like a murmur. And I just really had a hard time just latching onto anything that really kept me interested in the film. So I, I kind of felt my focus fading from it here and there. So I, I wasn't a massive fan of this film at all, as not as much as a lot of people are, because it's a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 72 on Metacritic. So it, it is doing quite well, but it just it just didn't hit with Funny me. Funny how that works. There's a, you know we review a film that a lot of critics don't like, and we end up really liking it. Mm -hmm. And then there's films that a lot of critics really like, and we end up hating it. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. gonna. I'm settling with the same that I gave by Tale of Love and Darkness. I'm at a two out of five out of this one. Yeah. Yeah. It just. I know it, how you feel because everyone yeah. really liked Pete's Dragon, and I thought it was cheesy. Yeah. It was really. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's just the way it hits you, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, the last one this week. Uh, it's another French film. This is a French romantic <laughs> comedy, uh, starring Oscar award winner uh, Jean Dujardin, who won for uh, The Artist years ago. This film is called Up for Love. Take a look at it right here. I feel like we should be smoking while we're talking about these films. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's the next French uh, film uh, that we're bringing out to talk uh, to you about. <laughs> the director of this film made a film before called Molière. <laughs> Elle est très belle. Une opportunité, mais de quoi De dîner ensemble. C'est une opportunité pour qui exactement Pour moi, je vous l'accorde. Qu'est-ce que j'y gagne moi Un téléphone. Un téléphone Mais c'est mon téléphone. Oui, mais c'est moi qui l'ai. Déjeuner. Un café. Une glace. Oh, and he's a little man. Très bien. Oui, oui. <laughs> what a reveal. So, yeah, basically, this film is about a, a guy that finds a uh, woman's phone and uh, proceeds to, I guess, ask her out in the process of trying to give her a phone back. So this is like one of those uh, zany French comedies um, <laughs> that only generally work for a certain niche audience. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed one earlier this year called Lolo, the uh, Julie Delphi movie. Um, so I'm not going to totally write this film off, though it doesn't look that, it, I don't know, that mismatched stuff just doesn't work with me very well. It might work in, in France, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's working for a lot of critics because a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 44 on Metacritic. So Zutalo! Yeah, it's not. doesn't seem to be doing that well. Uh, but you're going to, like I said, these last few mo four moves we're talking about, you're going to have to go off the beaten path to find these ones. Uh, so <laughs> I can see why. Yeah. yeah wow. uh, for Love might be a little, a little difficult. <laughs> Got to go to France to yeah. see them. <laughs> probably exactly. maybe Quebec. Yeah, or, or Quebec. They probably love it in Quebec. They love it everything in yeah, Quebec. Fair enough. All right, so I've had a couple of weeks off of being able to do this, but I really want to give you my Netflix and VOD recommendations. But do. All right, all right, all right. All right, so my, uh, my recommendation came out last week. I just brought it this week because I really wanted to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people are calling this one 
kind of Woody Allen light. Uh, this movie is called Maggie's Plan. Take a look at a clip here. Sorry, I'm late. John Harding, author of many books, including Rituals of Commodity Fetishism at the tail end of the empire. So, John, of course, we've been discussing the Occupy I Wilson. can't help mentioning the irony that Warner Brothers owns a copyright on the V for Vendetta mask that became the face of the Occupy Whether we like it or not, in this country, the most potent totemic uh, symbols that we have are cinematic and television-based. So it only makes sense that a radical, popular movement would uh, try to Nevertheless, the reality of Occupy mm -hmm. occurs within the capitalist narrative <laughs> as a kind of subplot. This sweeping cynicism of yours? If by sweeping cynicism you mean not living in a dream, then shoot me now. <laughs> I I really dig uh, good dialogue movies and good situational drama slash comedies, and uh, Maggie's Plan has all of that going for it. It's got great acting. Greta Gerwig's your lead in this one. You have Julianne Moore trying on a French accent there. Uh, Ethan Hawke, who we always talk about how underrated Ethan Hawke is. Uh, Travis Fimmel's in that movie. Maya Rudolph, Bill Hader. Uh, basically, the film is about Maggie, who... Uh, it just kind of makes rush decisions in her life and uh, makes uh, one that she learns to regret when she starts dating Ethan Hawke, which eventually breaks up his marriage with uh, Julianne Moore's character. And then she has this diabolical plan that she's going to get them back together. And, uh, you know, screwball, uh, you know, high highbrow screwball ensues. So this thing. is on VOD? This, this is, is on VOD like, and Blu-ray and all that kind okay. of stuff. And uh, I, I really like this one. Uh, when I reviewed it earlier this year, I, I was pretty high on this one. So, uh, yeah, Maggie's Plan. Check that one out. Okay. Well, that one looks like light fare. <laughs> and now I bring some darkness and, you know, some tough-to-watch type film to our uh, recommendations. On Netflix right now mm -hmm. is the Academy Award-winning Son of Saul, which uh, won for Best Foreign Film at last year's Oscars. It is a very heavy-duty movie. Uh, I got a clip right here. We'll show that first, and we'll talk about Son of Saul. Yeah, so that's uh, Saul, <laughs> and uh, he's a he's a Sonder Commando 
Mm -hmm. um, and basically what it was is the Nazis would have Jewish people um, essentially work for them in Auschwitz at the crematorium and basically they would um, help with exterminating other Jewish people. Um, very f fucked up. Yeah. And uh, Saul sees a, a body of a little boy and uh, basically has, I guess basically is this, realizes that it's pro maybe it's his son, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, he thinks it's his son. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not it is or not, you can make that, you know, your own decision as you watch the film. But um, it's one of those films where, anyway, it's, well, I should just say, like, he, he thinks that his son, so he wants to bury it and have a proper burial, get a rabbi a to seder. bless it. Yeah. yeah. Um, he doesn't want to see thrown into the fire. He wants it to, he wants that body to be buried properly. So basically he's, it's like a heist. He steals the body and now he has to figure out some way to get a proper burial. And so he has this kid's body. He's trying to get... Uh, and there's a lot of things going on within Auschwitz, uh, this crematorium. There's like, uh, you know, some of the Jewish people are conspiring against the, mm. the Nazis. And while this is all going on, here's Saul with his body and he's got to, to bury it. So it's a very, very heavy film. Um, it's not one of those movies where one of those stories where you have a, you know, a good guy and a bad guy. And there's a, you know, a, a very formulaic plot line. It's very much, it's a camera on Saul's shoulder, essentially. Oh, it's so close. It's and, so close, yeah. And you follow him through a two-day period of him trying to find a burial place for this this boy. And meanwhile, with this backdrop of Nazis killing off Jews, it is uh, very hard to watch. Steven Spielberg, if you watch Schindler's List, this movie kind of fits as far as... Um, being very, very heavy. It leaves you with that same sort of feeling. It sticks with you. Mm -hmm. Some very, very graphic images in this. Um, it's not a fun movie to watch, but it's also a very... It's important. It's a very important movie to, mm -hmm. to watch, like you said. I so. feel like a definitive film. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I really like the cinematography, but, like, at the same time, you're watching, you know, all these horrific things go down, and it just seems so very realistic. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not a movie. You almost have to be in a, in a certain mood to watch a movie like this, you know? Um, but anyway, it's on Netflix. I highly recommend it. Put yourself through it. Um, it. It may be tough to watch, but it's worth it. I think it annihilated me at, at VIF, and then it annihilated you at a press screening. Yeah. It's just annihilate. Like, you're speechless after. Like, I, I got a text from him probably, what, 45 minutes after the screening yeah, where yeah. you were finally able to feel like you could text again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Just, so, oh, yeah. man, it was just it's hard to watch. Powerful. And the same cinematographer that did James White last year as well. Okay. So very yeah. close on the shoulders, a lot of... 40-millimeter lens, I believe, yeah. they used as well. Gorgeous. looks really, really gritty. Um, yeah. Some really nice use of camera work, yeah, but definitely. just unfortunately not a fun story. when it comes to this. No. Yeah. Crazy. No, historically accurate. Yeah. Massively, yeah. that, that's a that's an amazing pick for sure. All right, all right, let's Ugh, shake, let's shake all this off. off. Let's shake all this off, and uh, we're gonna bring our good friend and our TV man Casey White onto the program uh, to talk about uh, shows that people are talking about right now, mm -hmm. or or maybe that people should be talking about. And one of those one of those shows is a brand new Netflix show that's been streaming for a couple of weeks now called The Get Down. Take a look at it right here. Shaolin Fantastic.
style, and you too can reach Olympian heights. There are none who can match him. Alrighty, so uh, now we get to do something awesome and bring in my good friend and our TV guy. This is the second episode on. This is Casey White, our TV man. Hey, good to and, be back. And that's yeah. uh, Buzz Lerman's The Get Down. And I'm going to admit it right off the top of the head, I'm not a huge Buzz Lerman fan. Like, uh, I, I like Romeo and Juliet. Right, right. Yeah, uh, okay. Besides that, I'm not really big on the guy. Quite a bit, it's fair. but I mean, this looks really interesting. Shemiak Moore from Dope is the, one of the leads in this yeah. one. Uh, good music. Uh, what the, the most expensive Netflix show to it's, today? It's right gotta now? be man. Yeah, it's like the production value on this thing is insane. Uh, it's also the first time I didn't even recognize him at first, but it's the first time I've enjoyed Jaden Smith. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. Jaden Smith. Smith's in there, and you wow. don't catch it until like halfway through the series that you're like. Why does he look familiar? Uh, yeah, because I can't stand uh, that kid. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan that. either, but yeah. he's actually really good in this show. Okay, okay, um, good. The, the main thing I've been saying about this show that I really enjoy is that it kind of feels like, did you ever watch The Last Dragon? Yes. Old school, yeah. like, blaxploitation kung fu flick? Yeah, yeah. That merged with Baz Luhrmann telling the story of the rise of the hip-hop in the 1970s. Oh, it's shit. It's phenomenal. Wow. Uh, like with most Netflix series, I kind of sat down and watched it all in one go. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's something that I've showed to other friends, and especially like friends of mine that are DJs and like old school hip hop. Yeah. You start going through there, and like the, the main guy's mentor is Grandmaster Flash. So oh, shit. Grandmaster okay. Flash is a character in the show that's, that's awesome. teaching them how to be a DJ. Right. Which is the get down is like the break on the beat, right? So. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal show. Amazing soundtrack. Great story. Has a little bit of Romeo and Juliet in there as well with the like, the female and male characters being the kids. Uh, and it also cuts in between at the beginning of each show being in the current timeline with mm. this kid who grows up to be a successful rapper basically narrating the story of him growing up. Okay. It's amazing. Is my, my question, and of course for the viewers, is this a... Uh a growing pains type show like are you going to are you going to be immediately hooked or is it going to you need to give it more than one episode i would say it will immediately grab you like okay. there i think some of it might fly over people's heads but the way that baz lerman sets the stage with this and like i say having him in the current era like the our 2000 era come in and be performing a live stage show like a giant sold yeah. out venue as a rap artist spitting about like the 1970s and what it was like growing up right. and then transitioning to the 70s and the rise of the hip-hop it grabbed me right away and that's why it was something that i just sat through and like watched in a day and a half flat oh wow um, okay. i think for a lot of other people it's going to be the same thing even friends of mine that aren't big tv people i've pitched it to them and they'll sit and watch at least like four episodes and that's saying something because the first episode is an hour and a half long oh yeah. shit okay yeah oh, it wow. starts with a, like a mini movie and each episode is at least 50 minutes after that. Wow, okay. So and it's, it's like a... Like it's six episodes. Six episodes, okay. So it's, a, you know, just shy of seven hours, basically. Right. Uh, but phenomenal. And it's part one of two. 
Oh, shit. Okay, so there's going to be another half coming. Yeah, next year. Nice. Have nice. you already uh, jumped in on this one yet? I haven't yet. It's in the queue. Yeah. I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah, I, I believe that's too. like there's a Canadian element to this as well, right? Was there not like uh, parts of it were filmed? Yeah, I think so. Actually, I think uh, one of our friends is actually uh, on the uh, some of the post-production work. Are, yeah, are good yeah. so there's a Vancouver connection to this show. Yeah. Nice. As well. yeah. Even yeah. better. So we can promote Canadian as well. There we go. I that's what it. we're all about. Yeah. Put that Canadian stamp on it. Exactly. There you go. Perfect. So uh, the next thing you brought us, uh, <laughs> they would didn't let us take a clip for it, <laughs> which I think is completely ironic. Wow. Because uh, this show is called Suits. It's right. It's now in its sixth season. Sixth season, yeah. Um, all the, the five back seasons are on Netflix. Um, right. And this stars uh, 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 Gabriel Mott and uh, Patrick J. Adams. And uh, for Firefly fans, it's got Gina Torres in this one, too. Yes. Um, and I've seen the first season. I really enjoy this show. So it's a legal show, and for legal reasons, we can't play the clip. Yeah. Eh. Yeah, I'll we'll figure. I was told that you guys were just going to reenact a clip, though. Is that happening still? Or? <laughs> Objection! <laughs> Overrule! Uh, you guys fight over who's going to be Harvey and who's going to be Mike. I'm Harvey. I'm not dressed. It's yeah. a show about I'm suits, Harvey. and I'm wearing a... I'm Harvey. I'm wearing Perfect. a bunny Perfect. hug. If you're from Saskatchewan, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, shit. They call them bunny hugs there. Bunny hugs. Hey, now we're getting into more mumbo-jumbo that I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, this is the foreign edition, so, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. local lingo. This isn't French this time, though. We're not, talking, we're not talking about French romantic films or Unfortunately, I don't have any French TV series. Oh, yeah. Or... Now you're disappointing yeah. me and our I didn't limited know that audience. Was, like, it was a films. tough one today. We had so, a couple okay films, and then a lot of the rest was, like, foreign French films. I'm like, oh, God, let's get through these. Let's get through them. Oh, but man. just to give a general idea, what is Suits all about? Yeah. So Suits initially starts out with a story about a kid who basically is ridiculously smart, has a photogenic memory, um, could easily have passed through any school in the country, uh, but really under-motivated class type, ends up doing a drug deal for one of his friends, gets busted, or is about to be busted, then slips into a job interview to hide. The job interview is for one of the biggest law firms in New York, and the guy ends up hiring him. So he starts working as a lawyer without having a law degree, and it kind of kicks off from there. And it starts out for the, like, the first season basically being a very typical kind of legal courtroom drama comedy mix. Mm -hmm. uh, but having that undercurrent the whole time of him not actually having a legal degree and a couple of close calls. And then season after season, it just keeps ramping up and ramping up and ramping up into the point where... In season six now, we're dealing with the aftermath of everybody having found out that he no, he'd never had a law degree. So the entire company is being called into question. Every case he's ever been tried is being opened for retrial. Uh, it's just crazy how far it's come from season one to season six. Like it was fairly straightforward, but you kind of fall in love with it because of the characters. Uh, and the really cool thing uh, I was talking just before the show about uh, was like, it transitions too. Season one is kind of almost like a buddy cop movie feel yeah. with Mike and uh, Harvey being the main characters. Season six now has transitioned almost completely to being almost all about the female characters. His secretary, Donna, Mike's now uh, fiance, Rachel, who is a legal aide at the company, yeah. and Gina Torres' character, Jessica, who runs, runs the, the company. company yeah. So it's about them more now, mm -hmm. and Mike and Harvey are kind of more background players, which is right. really interesting because I think they have some of the best female 
uh, characters on television right now. Right. For mm. my money. And I mean, the show airs on the USA Network. Yeah. Uh, and I believe it's on Showcase or Bravo out here. I believe it it's Showcase. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but this show, like, got a big following behind it very quickly. And yeah. just that it has to be due to the, like, writing. And, Absolutely. And, and, and I, I, Harvey Specter himself and, uh, and of course, uh, Patrick J. Adams, who's kind of become like an understated star himself. Absolutely, so, man. Like, he'll... that's the thing. Gabriel Mack just knocks us out of the park. We were talking beforehand how it completely negates the spirit at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was the spirit. Oh, the Frank my God. Miller's the spirit. But that's the thing. After six seasons, <laughs> I. I forgot about the spirit until you brought it up again and was like, that's oh, right, he right. was the spirit. I am mad at him. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, but, but yeah, everybody seasons. in that show is amazing. Yeah, six seasons for, for a USA Network show. That's, that's yeah, my good. wife likes pretty it a good. lot. Yeah. yeah. She got into it. Nice. All right, so uh, back to, uh, well, now to FX, uh, FXX, I guess. FFX? FFX? Well, there's two channels. There's FX, and now there's FXX. And I believe this show is now on that. This comes from a director that I really, who helped produce and set up the first few episodes of the first season. His name is Jordan Boat Roberts, who's now doing the Skull Island, the Kong Skull Island is his movie. But he does set up this little comedy that got very, very good reviews very right away. Uh, this show is called You're the Worst. Check out a clip right here. You shut the hell up. Loser! In the early days, Paul and I used to have actual fun. Then pretty soon it was laptops in bed, lights out at 10. And the next thing you knew, I was calling him the hubs and he could only finish in my hand. What? There comes a day when every relationship turns gross, old, and boring. Like Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner. Don't puss out this early. Keep it awesome for as long as you can. <gasps> I know. Do butt stuff tonight. But I don't want to do butt stuff tonight. Ow! You <laughs> go home tonight, and you dress up real slutty, and you do butt stuff with your boyfriend. Oh my God! I that, yes, oh, right? I'm so sold. Right? Is that what is that what this show's writing's like? Is just like yeah, butt re- stuff. Really quick banter like that, like that. Super quick banter, really <laughs> smart. Uh, so the entire premise of the show basically it starts out as uh, they call it an anti-romantic comedy mm-hmm. because the two main characters that end up dating are just the best example of the worst human beings alive. <laughs> They're just entirely self-centric. They've uh, serial daters in the past, like short-term relationships, one-night stands only, uh, they are the secondary characters in every other romantic film that are just the douchebaggy characters, right? Right. And they get together, and it's their first attempt, basically, at a long-term relationship. So the whole of the first season is just them constantly fighting and breaking up and, like, dealing with that kind of stuff of her being in uh, an area of a relationship she's never been in before, where mm-hmm. it's lasted more than... A week, weeks. right? Yeah, yeah. You know? So uh, really, really great dialogue. The characters are amazing. Uh, and the reason that I, I, I fell in love with it personally was the writing initially in the first season. And now in the second season, we're coming into the third right now. And I didn't think it was going to get a third season. Because the second season takes a turn and starts dealing with the main character, Gretchen, dealing with depression. And it is the best on-screen interpretation for depression I've seen on television ever. Wow. They nail it. And she goes through the whole thing through season two. And it's her and her boyfriend dealing with this. And she doesn't outright say it. So he has to kind of piece it together as they go. And they break up halfway through the season and get back together, of course. Right. Uh, But amazing writing, amazing characters. And like I say, it 
it deals with some really big stuff in the second season mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily have a happy ending, which is why I didn't think it would get a third season. Okay. Yeah, it's still a funny show. Yeah, no, it's really funny, funny but show now it's with some really heart. dark. Yeah, yeah a little darkness. Yeah. yeah, dark, real. Like, I, I really appreciate what they're doing with it. Uh, so I'm really, really happy that it's got a third season. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to bring it as, like, this is on my list, my personal pick for, like, if you're going to watch one thing, Go watch You're the Worst, nice. you're just the so we worst. can support that. Is it streaming? Is it on like Netflix? Or no, I need this to get on Netflix too. So personal yeah. favor from Netflix, put that on as well because yeah. I need that show to get out there. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm totally like that clip sold me. That was really funny, right? especially the slap. So where can you watch <laughs> it then in Canada? Like You're the Worst. Well, it's on the uh, FX FX Canada. Yeah, yeah so it's so. on okay. the Canadian version of okay, that. Okay, perfect. Well. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. So this next one, it's a Netflix original. It's now entering its third season. Um, and it's one that a lot of people have been talking about. I still have not seen a single episode. It's an animated show. That's why we bring you in. That's exactly you it. That's, so I shake my head at you when yeah, you say Yeah, right. That's exactly it. it. It's an animated show. It has Will Arnett in it. I should already be on board with it. It's Bojack Horseman. Take a look. Well. I'm sorry that things have been so hard for you, but that doesn't give you the right to be shitty to me. I can't be around someone who's just fueled by bitterness and negativity. Well then, what are you doing here? What happened, Bojack? Same thing that always happens. You didn't know me, then you fell in love with me, and now you know me. You know, it's funny. When you look at someone through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. <laughs> that is so poignant. Right? <laughs> Holy shit. I, I like that the wow. clip I grabbed was like this really like sad... Serious moment. The serious the moment. That's of a, it. Is, is there a lot of moments like There's that? There's a film? lot of that. Wow. Uh, especially I, in season two and then season three. Uh, so... As I understand it, the way that the Emmy nominations work is you submit a singular episode. I've already picked out the episode in season three that they should win for. Really? There's an episode, I think, uh, like three or four episodes in that has no dialogue. And it is amazing. And this Bo is Bojack Horseman. This is Bojack Horseman. And you're uh, thinking it should be up for an Emmy. 100%. Wow. It's one of the best episodes of television this season. What's the, what's the general premise of the show? So the general premise is, uh, obviously, it's an animated series that deals with, like, animal people, uh, but the premise is very realistic, as weird as it is to say, with all these animal people and stuff. Uh, it's an out-of-work actor, basically trying to start a resurgence at the beginning of the series, uh, but really severely damaged personality, really dark, uh, dealing with all his, basically, all his baggage that he's accrued over this uh, sitcom that he got early on his career and nothing since, basically, mm -hmm. right? And he's always remembered or known for that sitcom. Exactly. Oh, so wow. he's still got a lot of money and everything, mm -hmm. but he's trying to uh, get back into acting, become an actual actor, start up doing films and stuff. Uh, but super, super damaged, alcoholic, does a ton of drugs. Uh, so it's a lot of him dealing with his personal issues throughout the right. seasons. So season one starts out super dark with him just kind of dealing with, you know, his own depression, alcoholism and everything. And it's it's still a comedy somewhere in That's there. Crazy. Like I'm talking wow. about all the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Right. But yeah. It, it's just a really dark comedy that deals mm -hmm. with some really deep stuff. Mm -hmm. And by the time you get to the end of the first season, 
it leaves you on a downer note. It's kind of like the uh, the last season there of Rick and Morty, where it just like ends on a bad moment, and it's like deal with it. And then season two kicks off, and it somehow goes down from there. <laughs> so season three just started up, and it's kind of starting to show that potentially there is some room for improvement in BoJack to grow as a person, uh, but still winds back basically because he apparently will never change. But like I say, like. There's an episode in there that is, I think, deserves to win an Emmy. I'm seeing a trend here now with your shows that you're picking. Dark humor? Dark humor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do. I do like dark humor. Yeah. No, yeah. That's the thing is I, I really like humor as a, a medium to tell important issues. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. I, I think it's become one of those big things is a lot of, especially young kids and like millennials now, mm -hmm. grabbing their news from like, the Daily Show, rather yeah. than Fox News. Yeah, It's the same kind of thing we're dealing with now with Humorous Peace. I don't think there's any other show out there that's going to deal with an entire season battling depression yeah. or alcoholism unless it has a comedic edge to it. Yeah. So that's why these are kind of like super important shows that people should get into. And like I say, the writing is so strong, the characters are so well written uh, and well acted by the people playing them mm -hmm. that you're going to fall in love with it and have laughs along the way, too. And it's Perfect. one of three Will Arnett Netflix shows. Right? Because you got Arrested yeah. Development and you got Flaked as well. So. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, this last one, I, I, I'm not finished it yet, but I am currently watching the series. Nice. So we can right. finally all talk about this one. Uh, Trevor brought it a while back as one of his Netflix pieces, but we just got to talk about it again because it's such a massive phenomenon and very pivotal, uh, especially today uh, of all days. Uh, when we're recording this, this is Stranger Things. Take a look. That's better. Ah, uh, Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> She's really, really good. You don't need it. All the kids are so phenomenal in this show. Still pretty. Yeah, that's the thing. I yeah. generally don't like child actors. Pretty. All of these really are good. Pretty. This Finn, what, Finn Wittard, whatever his name yeah. is. Oh my god, this kid's really good. The the moment at the end of season episode oh. three that I just watched, where he, yes, you know, they make that discovery. I was like, I'm, I'm happy you're home. Can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that to her. Oh. <sighs> It's Lucas. I think he's in trouble. God, yes. Yeah. yeah I show. love that show. Oh, it's God. This so show good. is so good. So it's everything, every nostalgia piece you want. It's Stephen King. It's Steven Spielberg. It's John Carpenter. It's mm. 80s personified. There's, there's, one, there's one scene where, uh, um, I, I, what's, what's uh, Finn's, uh, the, what's the main character's name again? Uh, uh, the one that has eleven in his house. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Um, where, where um, his mom and little sister are at Winona Ryder's house, and the lights are start blinking off in yeah. her house, yep. and the kid goes to follow it. And I'm pointing at the kid's jumper. I go, "That's Gertie's jumper from from ET. She's wearing the exact same outfit." And there's just like little nods that that us film fans just keep picking at and and yep. pulling that thread, mm -hmm. and. It never lets up, and that's oh, what's yeah. the greatest thing about this. That's the thing. It's like I grew up on '80s films, and this is just a love letter to the '80s era, man. Mm -hmm. Like the it, Duffy Brothers, like right? Yeah, the Duffy Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
insane. Like it, Duffer. Duffer. Duffer Brothers. Duffer Brothers. Yes. Yes. Duffer yes. Brothers. Yes. But yeah, it totally just starts out as kind of like a meld of The Goonies meets E.T. Mm -hmm. and then branches out into everything else we're talking about. There's a little Stephen King in there. Stephen King. You can yeah. make parallels to like Alien and stuff like that later yeah. in the series. Um, just all the way throughout, man. It's just a love letter to the 80s. It's so well done. The costuming, the, the cinematography, oh, the, the music, music. Yeah. yeah, everything about this is just killer. The title credits, how it like it, oh it kind of forms the title credits, and then it goes past that, and then it has the title, and then you zoom through the title. I'm like, oh my god, this is the right. '80s. This is the yeah. '80s. Like 100, percent it's a Stephen King novel come to life. Like mm -hmm. it, it's incredible. Uh, why I said it's pivotal right now is the day that we're recording this on. They announced season two. Which it yes. wasn't. It wasn't yeah. a big secret. No, but no, I, yeah. yeah, it was going to happen. Everybody yeah. has been losing their shit about this series. Yeah, uh, no, I, mean, I think Netflix out. is going to probably dump more money into it mm -hmm. as well. I mean, it's not going to. I hope they don't get away too much from what made the first season special. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently, they'll be putting a little bit more money into it. And uh, season two is supposed to be like uh, is considered a sequel. So I yeah. don't know what they mean by that. Yeah. I don't know what you, what do you think they mean by that when they uh, say it's I a have sequel. a very good idea what they're talking about, but because you haven't seen it, I'm not going to And uh, for the audience the that hasn't, okay. theories, yeah. but there's definitely a few threads that they leave open at that end of the series that I can tie together into a second season. Yeah. So I think I know exactly where they're going for season 2. And I'm really excited for it. And as, yeah. as much as we've talked about the kids, and we can talk about Winona Ryder and that, can we talk, before we end this, can we talk a second about David Harbour, who plays the Chief? Yes! Oh, who's yeah, yeah. so fucking Absolutely. phenomenal. He's excellent, man. He's so He makes the show. Good. He's my favorite character yeah. in this entire show. I mean, when his first line, his first line when he gets into the uh, the office in episode one, and she's, he's like, mornings are for, for uh, thought and thoughts and contemplation. Yeah. That's yeah, it. And, and she's like, no, but yeah. she's like, all right. Thoughts and contemplation. Yeah. Like, he started off his morning by drinking, like an yep. old beer from the night before. You know what I mean? He is the perfect character to jump in on, like, really. Yeah. And yeah, the, this, the show come, came out of nowhere and is now a, just a cult phenomenon. So, if you're one yeah, of the very few people who haven't watched it yet, give it a try, Stranger yeah. Things. Absolutely. I, like, I don't think we need to promote the show. I think everybody's yeah. aware. But you would also take away my TV guy card if I don't talk about Stranger yeah. Things. There we go. There we go. I think it was almost <laughs> a prerequisite. We right? like, yeah. bombarded yeah. you with it. You're exactly. like, well, I don't really have a fifth one right now, so yeah, fine. <laughs> fine. Why not? Casey White, thank you so much thank for uh, for joining us uh, to talk TV. He is our he's the Flix Anonymous TV guy, uh, and if you want to talk TV, you can hit him up on the Twitter sphere. You can uh, at the Night Ninja. There you go. Oh, so and uh, your site. So uh, my site is shogungamer.com or hypesicle.com for movies and TV. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll have Casey back again. So now we're going to get into that ending portion of our show where uh, Trevor and I like to indulge in a little bit of couch lock and our stoner picks. <laughs> Oh boy. Yaman. Oh man. So, you know, uh, this was an, un an unfortunate thing. A uh, while back, okay. they were screening two movies on the same night. They were screening Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, and The Nice Guys. And Trevor and I kind of split on that one, and you went to see Neighbors 2, and I went to see The Nice Guys. Neighbors 2, good stoner flick. Yeah. And then I saw The Nice Guys. Uh, Shane Black wrote and directed this movie, and this movie made me laugh so hard that my stomach hurt afterwards. And 
I, I've watched it again since, and it still has the same feeling. You had the giggles. Time. It's so funny. The dialogue is hilarious through and through. Uh, let's just give you a taste of it right now. Here's a clip. First of all, I want to say thank you. We've been watching interviews, and it sounds like you might have saved my daughter's life. That was mostly Holly. His daughter. It's genetics. I need your help. I want to know if I can trust you. I'm kind of getting the idea that, you know, you might not have much choice. Well, my situation is very delicate. I... That's where I know you from, right? The TV. You're prosecuting that, that car company thing. The lawsuit for the catalytic converter, yes. That's half my day. The other half I spend on pornography. What kind? Like which films? What's your favorite? No, no. <laughs> Anti-porn. Anti right. Like a crusader. Should I be writing this down? Yeah, write it down. The Vegas mob is trying to spread its porn operation to Hollywood Boulevard. And I'm doing everything I can to stop it. Thank you. <laughs> porn is bad. Porn is bad. He writes it down. Ah, uh, this Whoa. is just great character acting. Um, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling are absolutely hysterical together. Uh, basically, uh, Russell Crowe is an enforcer, and uh, Ryan Gosling is a sleazy uh, PI. private PI who yeah. swindles his his customers out of their all their money all the time. But they have to kind of join forces to uh, to discover what happened to uh, this famous porn star, and just it just escalates out of control. Uh, this movie, it's this a trip. movie is so good. This is still sitting in my top five movies of this year. I, I absolutely love The Nice Guys. And if you haven't seen it yet, you are in for an absolute treat. It's Watch a, The Nice Guys. So it's available on VOD. VOD, yeah, it's on Blu-ray. You, you, you probably don't even want to buy this one because you'll watch it again and again. What yeah. would you go with as far as a strain? Um, more of an indica or a sativa Yeah, anything guy? to help you giggle a little bit more. I mean, it just brings out even more for even more. Yeah, whatever up. brings out the giggles. Yeah, yeah. awesome man. That yeah. looks good. It's such I a like nice it. stylized period piece. Yeah. Love oh, that. it's so good. It's so yeah. good. And there's op there's an opening at the end for a sequel. So uh -huh. let's give this one DVD and Blu-ray sales and all that kind of stuff. So maybe they will. Yeah, get a sequel box office. It did. Yeah. Didn't do great in box yeah. office. So let's make sure that home video. The VOD money comes in. Let's yeah. support that one. Yeah. Definitely. Right on, man. Right on. Oh, your insanity. Ah. Uh, <laughs> well, if we're going to be doing stoner flicks every once in a while, we got to bring some insanity to yes. the show, man. I'm talking about Danger 5. It's a 14-episode series on Netflix. Uh, two seasons. I think there's a prequel in there somewhere uh, between the two seasons. Anyway, uh, it's an Australian action comedy series. It is fucking bizarre. It is the perfect stoner flick. Uh, I'm going to run a clip so you can see what I'm talking about. Very bad French. <laughs> Fuck! That is the one of the best scenes. I'm glad you brought that one. Um, so season one kind of will remind you of Thunderbirds, and basically what is called uh, Danger Five. It's about these five spies or 
who basically are sent on a mission to kill Hitler. They got to go and kill Hitler. And so they work together to try to get this mission done. Uh, it's written by David Ashby and Dario Russo. They created it. They're Australians. They, they did a web series, um, Australian web series called Italian Spider-Man. And uh, people loved it. And so uh, a company called SBS uh, decided to get these two guys to write a show. And they wrote a couple of different pilots or shows. And they landed on this one. And season one will kind of remind you of Thunderbirds, okay? <laughs> if you ever watch the old show Thunderbirds, it'll very much remind you of that. Um, it's, it's grainy looking. It's got sort of bad voice tracking as well. It's not quite it's in sync. It's, it's just, it looks really budget, but it is fucking hilarious. I love this show. Season two will kind of go into more of like the Miami Vice 80s kind of look. Uh, it's just really bizarre. And so you could smoke copious amounts of uh, cannabis and enjoy it thoroughly you could you could just sit there and not do anything and enjoy it thoroughly it's so stylized so fun it's one of the really if if, if you don't notice on netflix if you're if no one's really recommended it to you you won't even really realize it's on netflix it's uh one of those shows you should put it in your queue and, and give a try late late night recommend late night toke sessions little uh danger five I mean, when you're stumbling in from the bar or something like that, throw it on. It's just a, it's a fun show. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get in on that because that looks insane. It's really hard for me to explain what it's about, <laughs> yeah, though, no, because no. it, it kind of goes all over the place. you you got the chief, the head of, of, the, of the Danger Five, essentially. He's like an eagle. He's got an eagle head, and it's, it's fucked. Yeah, just <laughs> enjoy it. Oh, man. That's my pick. So that uh, brings us uh, to the end of episode 42, and I never gave a wrestler name. Oh, what's this 42. episode brought to you by? What, uh, what, because, what of, because of uh, my show, BS from the Turnbuckle, that you can find on the Omni app. If you uh, follow me on Twitter, you'll be able to, uh, to, to get those episodes as well. Um, the, uh, the, this is brought to you by uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, you know, the beast from New Jersey. Okay. Uh, who passed a, a number of years ago. And I'm also half dedicating this to uh, the late and great Gene Wilder as well, uh, oh. who passed as well. But, I mean, Willy Wonka, I brought that as a stoner pick pretty recently love that dude yeah so, man uh, it's so sad about his passing and so. bam bam bigelow you know what i'm reminded of the video games oh the right old nintendo game yeah but also he could do a cartwheel he did always he had did. a cartwheel in the he ring he did a moonsault yeah he could do a moonsault that was a, that was a big the guy big man can move big three i think he was like 375 too was, was that a real dude. tattoo in his head yeah it was it was a real tattoo real flames on him mm. Really a little crazy dude. But uh, thank you, everybody, for watching episode 42 of Flix Anonymous. Yes. Uh, of course, you can follow me at The Steeble Dead. I'm at Trev Duick on the Twit. And, of course, we're on uh, LeagueofManChildren.com. We're on the TheDailyHive.com. And, of course, we are in our home at the Cannabis Life Network, uh, who are also gearing up for the uh, 420 golf tournament uh, on September 11th. So go to the website to find out all that information. You'll even meet us there. Just it's going to be fun. Some, some moments with us. You Smoking know. weed and playing golf. Apparently, mm -hmm. it might actually make you better at golf. I'm terrible at golf, so maybe it'll make me focus and I'll become Phil Mickelson. That's a, that's a golfer, right? I think am I, so. Am I... Yeah, Phil Nicholson, he's a, he's a real golfer. Yeah, okay, good. But what's going on next week? Uh, actually, <laughs> next week we have our smallest slate of films that we've had in uh, a, a very long time. Uh, They're all French. <laughs> every single one's French. Uh, no. It's crazy. It's screwball. No. Uh, we have the true uh, a true story. We have Tom Hanks playing a true hero that was almost smeared entirely in, uh, in, the, in the media. 
Uh, we have a weird uh, animated film that came out of nowhere with uh, nobodies in it that I've ever heard of doing the voices. Mm. Uh, we have a, uh, a thriller starring uh, Morris Chestnut. Um, and we have a documentary <laughs> on Len the late Leonard Nimoy, which actually looks very interesting. But that is it from us here at Flix Anonymous. For Trevor and I, thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time. Hey, you crazy cinephiles. Thanks for listening to Flix Anonymous. We can be heard weekly on FanCityBuzz.com and LeagueOfManChildren.com. Feel free to send us nasty and abusive social media messages on Twitter at Flix Anon. If you need more characters to tell us how much we suck, you can find Flix Anonymous on Facebook. Until next week, may your weed be stinky and your scotch be hoppy.